talking about being financially free or coming to a place where money no longer controls us, where we can live by faith in God. And in this series, what we intend to deal with is uh, we want to cover a deal with wrong mindsets, misconceptions, fears, negative ideas. We want to discover God's principles for financial freedom. We want to talk about some practical things on how we can live financially free. And then we want to climax this whole series in a couple of Sundays from now, two Sundays from now, uh, on, on a really believing God for a breakthrough in the realm of finances for all of us. So we're kind of building towards that, laying foundation towards that. And our last Sunday in the series will be a time when we believe God for financial breakthrough and, and see God take us to a next level financially in our lives. I want to quickly review what we did for, in the first part of this series. We talked about God and wealth. What does God say about money? Part two, we dealt with believers' misconceptions about wealth. The wrong ideas, wrong notions people have, God's people have, uh, towards wealth, success, prosperity. We dealt with some of those things. Last Sunday, we talked about orienting your mind towards God's success. How can you orient your mind towards being successful? Changing your way of thinking so that we no longer limit our thinking to patterns that we are so accustomed to. Including being you know, poverty minded in our thinking. By learning to think that God will empower us to be successful here on earth. Amen. This morning I want to talk about kingdom principles. Kingdom principles for success and prosperity. In Hebrews chapter 12, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me or just watch on the screen. Hebrews 12, 25 to 29. After the writer of Hebrews describes what happened in Mount Sinai, he goes into stating the following. He says in verse 25, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth but also heaven. Sorry. Not of this yet once more indicates the removal, verse 27, of those things that are being shaken. As of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Interesting, verse 27. The Bible says, you know, God is going to shake things. Everything that is being made, that is man-made, God says, I'm going to shake it. So that we can see very clearly the things that cannot be shaken. So looking around the world, we see a big shaking going on. Especially in the realm of economics. God is shaking. Because he wants the world to know that which is unshakable. Amen. And what is unshakable? Verse 28. Therefore, since we, everybody say we, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. And the Bible is telling us this, there's one thing that cannot be shaken, it's the kingdom of God. Amen. The kingdoms of this world, as wonderful as they are, are man-made. And they will shake. The organizations, the governance of this world, as wonderful as they are, are shakable. But there's one thing that cannot be shaken. It's the kingdom. Amen. Now whether you shake, whether I shake or not, depends on what we are holding on to. Amen. If you are holding on to what is man-made, when that shakes, you shake. 
when that crumbles, you crumble. But if you are holding on to the kingdom of God, when everything around you collapses, you will still be standing because his kingdom is unshakable. Amen. The good news is that you and I are part of his kingdom. We are part of an unshakable kingdom. Colossians 1.13 tells us that God has delivered us from the powers of darkness. He has brought us into the kingdom of his own dear son. We are in an unshakable kingdom. Amen. Why don't we declare that? I am in an unshakable kingdom. Paul put it this way in Philippians 3.20. He said, My, our citizenship is from heaven. We belong to that government. We belong to that kingdom. That kingdom is covering me. That kingdom is covering you. So even when the kingdoms of this world shake... Your citizenship is rooted in an unshakable kingdom, which is eternal, which is in heaven. Amen. Now, God's kingdom or God's government has uh, principles or procedures or policies that it operates by, just as any other government on earth. And so we must understand that if we are to remain unshaken during terms of turmoil, it's important that we live by the principles of that kingdom. The mistake many of us make is that, you know, although we know we are part of God's kingdom, although we know that we live by, uh, we, are, we have citizenship in his kingdom, when it comes to things of this world, when it comes to our profession, our jobs, and, 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 and things of this world, what we, the mistake we make is that we begin to operate by the principles of this world. Now, we, we look at all our friends and all our neighbors and, you know, they're doing it this way, I'll also do it this way. Although we belong to the kingdom of God, and although we belong to an unshakable kingdom, yet on the earth, knowingly or unknowingly, we, are, we begin to do the way, things the way the world does it. And so when the world shakes, you and I shake. We wonder why. Shall I love God? I go to church. I read my Bible. But why is it when things around me shake, even I'm shaking? When things around me collapse, I'm collapsing. Why is it? It's because we are perhaps unintentionally adopting the principles of this world which will collapse. So I want to challenge us this morning that you and I are indeed part of an unshakable kingdom, but we must live by the principles of that kingdom if we are to stand when things collapse. Amen? Now God invites us. He tells us over and over again. He reminds us many, many times in his word. He says, I want you to live by these things. I want you to live by this princi these principles. I want you to live by my word for in order to prosper. True, we can use the principles of this world and have success the way the world does it. But when the world collapses, be prepared to collapse. Or you and I can say, we're going to live by the principles of God, uh, knowing that we are part of an eternal kingdom. And when I live by these principles, I will not fall. Amen. In Isaiah 55, 8 through 11, God says, you know, it's familiar passage. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And then he says, I'm sending you my words that you might adopt my ways, my thoughts. I'm sending you my words. He's given us his word. Let me just give you some of the scriptures that teach us so that, it, that God exhorts us to really take his word, his principles seriously in order to prosper here on earth. Look at some of these scriptures with me. Isaiah 48, 17 and 18. God says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. So it says, if you only pay attention to what I'm telling you, you will have peace like a river. Peace, shalom, which means total well-being. If you listen to my commandments. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Again, very familiar passage. God is speaking to Joshua. Joshua is 
about to start his assignment on earth. And God speaks to Joshua. And he says, Joshua, be strong, be very courageous, and observe to do what's in my word and my law, which Moses commanded you. Don't turn away from it right to the right or to the left, so, so that you may prosper wherever you go. See, in order for you to prosper, God is saying, just follow my word. Again, in Deuteronomy 29.9, God reminds his people through Moses. He says, keep the words of this covenant. Do them that you may prosper in all that you do. And David gave the same advice to Solomon in 1 Kings 2.3. He says, keep the charge of the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies. As it is written, so that you may prosper in all that you do. In order to prosper. Time and again, we are, we are reminded by God, follow my principles. Follow my words. Amen. So I want to challenge us this morning to determine in our hearts that we will live by the principles of that unshakable kingdom. Amen. Rather than just yielding to the ways of the world, which in some cases may have a very dominant influence on us just because we spend so much time in the world, working with people. I want to share with you some of these kingdom principles for prosperity and success. And, uh, you know, we, we, I wish I could just elaborate on each one and give examples and all that, but uh, we don't have time for it. So I'm just going to mention the principle, give one verse, although there are many scriptures you could quote on each principle, and just give a little uh, exhortation on that and then move on to the next. What are some of the principles we see in God's word where God says, you know, you follow this and it will lead to success, lead to you being prosperous here on earth. Here are some of them. First of all, and you're very familiar with this one, the first kingdom principle for prosperity and success. Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So he says, first go after his kingdom. What is his kingdom? It's the king's domain. It's a place where he rules, where the king rules. So how do I know if I'm seeking first the kingdom of God? Here are some indicators that tell me that I'm really pursuing first the kingdom. First indicator would be if my love for the king of the kingdom is supreme above all things. Above all things. And out of that love, I love him to rule in all areas of my life. When my love for him is supreme, then I know I'm pursuing him first, his kingdom first. Another indicator that I'm seeking first the kingdom of God is if pursuing the extension of his kingdom supersedes the pursuing of my personal ambitions. When in every endeavor I'm saying, God, how will this further your rule and reign on the earth in the hearts and lives of people? I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. Amen. Another indicator would be if I am determined to live by kingdom principles in all areas of my life, in all things that I do. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God if I do that. A second kingdom principle is this. Be in your assignment. Be in your assignment. Be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. The thing that God wants you to do. Through every season of life, through every phase of life, you be in your assignment, the place where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do, and the timing that he wants you to do it in. Nehemiah was in that position. As he left the king's palace and returned back to Jerusalem, that was actually under siege and captivity, he came back to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah said this in Nehemiah 2.20. He said, the God of heaven will prosper me, therefore I will arise and build. He was in his assignment. And so he knew 
the God of heaven will prosper him. When you're in your assignment, that's when the favor of God comes upon you. Favor of God is upon you when you are in your place of assignments. Amen. And that's a key to prospering, being successful here on earth. Kingdom principle number three is this. It is to practice righteousness or integrity. To be radically righteous. To, be, to have a commitment to practice righteousness even if it's going to be costly. Even if it's going to be painful at times. There are several scriptures on this, but Psalm 92 verse 12 says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree in an enduring manner. It's not a quick and easy way to success. But when you follow righteousness and you practice righteousness, God says the righteous will flourish like the palm tree. Kingdom principle number four. Get wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and counsel. Get wisdom, knowledge, Understanding and counsel. It means that you have to be a continuous learner. Keep learning continuously in life. Acquiring wisdom. Getting the knowledge, the information, the understanding and the counsel that you need. Proverbs 24 verse 3 and 4 says, Through wisdom a house is built. Through understanding it is established. And by knowledge all its chambers are filled with pleasant riches. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. See, some of us, uh, we don't want to get, we, we, we love the word of God, so we'll read the word of God, but we don't want the knowledge of the world. So I don't like it, you know, I, my head is in heaven. But you're living on earth. It's a little problem here. So while you are on earth, it behooves you to acquire knowledge of this world. Not to be influenced by it, but in order to bring in the influence of the kingdom into it. Amen? So you understand how the world works. You acquire the knowledge that is in the world. And whatever is right, you practice it. Whatever is wrong, bring the knowledge of the kingdom into that place. But we are so afraid. We withdraw from the knowledge of this world. It's a mistake many of us believers make. You cannot effect anything that you withdraw from. A candlestick put under a bushel will not influence anything. Amen. So you need to get in. Acquire the knowledge of the world. Not to be influenced by it, but you understand how it works. And then you bring in the influence of the kingdom. So acquire knowledge. Continuous learning. You know, whatever you're doing, you know, just because, you know, you've got, you know, a PhD in management doesn't mean it's, you know, you've everything. You still have to keep learning. And today we've got so many tools. I mean, you can download podcasts on management. Technology podcasts are available. I know all of us download sermon podcasts. That's good. But why don't you download some management podcasts? Why don't you download some technology podcasts? Why don't you do, so, but that is not very spiritual. I know it's not spiritual, but you need that knowledge. Amen? And you listen. Learn the latest management principles, whatever is in the world. Learn the latest financial things. Learn the latest technology things. Acquire knowledge and understanding. And counsel. Counsel is simply benefiting from other people's experience so that you don't make the mistakes they make. So if they've taken two years to go through it, you can get there in two days because you've taken the time to learn from them. That's getting counsel. You benefit from other people's wisdom. 
And the Bible says, through wisdom, a house is built. Through knowledge, it is established. By understanding, it's established. And through knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Kingdom principle number five, practice diligence. Simply means hard work. Proverbs 10.4 says, he becomes poor who deals with a lazy hand. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Unfortunately, in the house of God, in the kingdom of God, we believers are guilty of of, you know, just being a little lax in our work. We call it grace. You do your part, God will do his part. It's true. But in the name of grace, we become lax. We become complacent. We become, you know, you know, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Just do it. But the Bible says the hand of the diligent, hard worker, makes rich. I mean, there's several scriptures on this. Amen. You've got to be hardworking. Put your heart into it. Give it all you've got. Give it your best. It's a kingdom principle, not a principle of the devil. It's God who says, the hand of the diligent maketh rich. So be diligent in whatever you're doing, whatever area, whether you're a student, whether you're a, 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 an employee, whatever you're doing, do it well. Put your heart into it. Practice diligence. Number six, kingdom principle. Honor God with your money. Give your tithes your offerings, and your alms. The tithe is simply 10% of what you receive. So if you earn a salary, 10% of it goes to God. If somebody gives you a gift, 10% of it goes to God. It's just a tithe, 10%. God says in Malachi chapter 3, 10 through 12, and you, you are familiar with it, God says, bring the tithes in that there may be meat in my house. And then Check me out on this. I will open you the windows of heaven. I'll pour out such blessing. You won't have room enough to receive. Now, some of us are not convinced that we should tithe in the New Testament. You know, it's, it was under the old covenant. It's hardly spoken of in the new. So, I don't need to tithe. Let me just share with you why I believe tithing is for New Covenant believers. First of all, tithing was practiced before the old covenant. Abraham tithed, Jacob tithed, and they were not under the Mosaic Covenant. They were not under the Old Covenant. So tithing was practiced before the Old Covenant came into existence. So it's not just an Old Covenant practice. It was a practice of people of faith. Genesis 14 verse 20 tells us about Abraham paying tithes. And Romans 4, 12 and 16 tells us that we must follow the steps of Abraham. Jacob gave tithes. Genesis 28 verse 22. The second reason why I believe tithing is for new covenant believers is because Jesus endorsed it and Jesus collects it. Jesus endorsed it in Matthew 23, 23 when he spoke to the Jewish people. He said, you know, you give tithes of all these things now, but you forget the weightier matters of law, justice, faith, and mercy. Now that is true, but he said, but you also must do that. So he endorsed tithing. And Jesus established a new covenant in Hebrews chapter 7 verses uh, 4 through 9 tells us that Jesus receives tithes. Let's all say, to, say this together. Jesus receives tithes. So in the new covenant, who's the one who receives tithes? Jesus. In the old covenant, the high priest received it. In the new covenant, it says Jesus, who's a priest after Melchizedek, he receives tithes. So I believe tithing is for us, New Testament believers. And third is just this, that the practice of tithing and blessing for the tithe should be 
our joyful minimum in the new covenant because we are under a superior covenant with superior blessings. So it should be a joyful minimum, not something we should try to avoid. And just to mention here on why I believe it should come to the local church. Your tithe must go to local church simply because in the Old Testament, they brought it to the storehouse. God set up a pattern. This is the place of worship. You bring your tithes there. In the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, it's the local church that made the collections. The local church received the collections. And from there, they did whatever they wanted to do. They sent it out to other traveling ministers. They sent it out to other churches. But the collections was done in the local church. So that's why I believe that your tithe must come to the local church. Amen? We were just talking in the car, well, coming from the South Church, the North Church, and so somebody was saying, you know, but some people say, you know, I will send my tithe to God TV because uh, I get uh, my nourishment from two places. Then I said, when you're in the hospital, God TV doesn't come there. When you're not doing well, God TV doesn't show. I mean, you know, we support God TV. This is not against God TV. But I'm just telling you, it's the local church that comes to take care of you. So not only do you receive spiritual nourishment, but if you are part of the house of God, this is a place that really cares for you. Amen. So your tithe comes to the house of God. It comes to the local church. You give offerings, which is anything above and beyond your tithe. You give it to the house of God. You give it to other ministers, other ministries. We encourage that. We will be presenting more ministries that we want to partner with to you, where you can send your offerings. And your alms. Your alms is anything you do or give to those in need. It could be believers, those of the household of faith. It could be those outside the church. But those in need, you give or you help them. That's your arms. And we give that as well. Proverbs 19, 17 tells us this, that he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. He who gives to the poor lends to God. God is no man's debtor. He will repay with good interest. Amen. Last few points here. Kingdom principle number seven is to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, there are situations where I mean, you're living by the kingdom principles, but there are situations in life, decisions that you may need to make where you need to hear directives from heaven. And you do that as you listen to the Holy Spirit concerning your job, concerning what vocation to take up, where to live, what to do, uh, what, uh, pro how do you solve problems, how, you know, what plans to make. All of these things, the Holy Spirit is involved and he wants to get involved. But it's up to us to listen. And I want to encourage you to make it a practice to pause and listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. As you're making your plans, as you're making decisions, just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying here? Listen to Him. Amen. Because He can release the directives of God, the instructions of God, the wisdom of God, the creative ideas of God. He can release it to you as you listen. Pause and listen to the Spirit of God. It's a very important principle. Number eight, receive God's prophetic word. There are times when God uses a prophetic word to release you into a blessing of prosperity. Second Chronicles 20, 20 says, believe as prophets, you will prosper. So God can use a prophetic word. And we see several examples of that in the, in the Bible when uh, Elijah came to the widow woman of Zarephath. She was getting ready to eat her last meal. But there came a prophetic word that changed the whole situation. A widow woman, uh, the creditor was coming to uh, take away her sons as slaves because she was unable to pay her debts, the debt that her husband left her. 
and a prophetic word came. Elijah prophesied and God worked a miracle, saw her through. So we must be keen to hear and receive prophetic words that God sends into our lives. But be careful in the sense that make sure it is a true prophetic word from God. Amen. Number eight. Number nine, exercise your faith. Learn to exercise your faith for the blessing of prosperity and success in your life. Whatever we receive from God, we receive by, let me hear you, faith. It doesn't just drop like red cherries from heaven. You receive by faith. The Bible tells us several places. So you need to have an active faith in God for prosperity and success in your life. And you need that faith in God as you go through difficulties, challenges, failures, setbacks, disappointments, delays. You need that faith in God. God will prosper me. Because his word says so. God will cause me to be fruitful. God will cause me to flourish because his word says so. You need that kind of faith. Amen. And Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done for you. So you need to have faith and believe God for breakthroughs. And last one is this, that I love God to build character. If you would ask the question, now what's more important, success or character? The answer is pretty easy. God is more interested in your character than in your success. Amen. God is more interested in the person than in his prosperity. God's more interested in you than in the success that you want to accomplish. And so God gives priority to building godly character as you journey with him. The blessing of success, the blessing of prosperity that you so want. In fact, you wanted yesterday. Sometimes God waits a little longer for you. To receive that and experience it and walk in it. Because he wants to make sure that you come to a place where when it is released, you're able to contain and hold it. I mean, you look around the world today and leaders of huge organizations. And I'm not just talking about India, but around the world. CEOs and others. Top leaders, supposed to be great leaders. Strategists and people who could make a difference and turn organizations around. Are so unable to contain themselves in front of money. It's absurd some of the things that you read in the news. Or what the CEOs and presidents do with money. It's absurd. And you say, how could they do that? There's no character. And the character is not found in McDonald's. I mean, we all want character. Give it to me, God. Now, somebody lay hands on me. Fix it up for me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. It is knowing this, that tribulation produces endurance. Tests and trials develop endurance, and endurance produces character. That means you and I need to go through some tests and trials. Amen. Character is developed through godly discipline, godly influence, and through life experiences of tests and trials. So why do I have to pass a test? So that you can demonstrate that you've acquired whatever you need to acquire at that level. Now, why do the test? You want to go from 6th to 7th. You know, why can't I just, why can't they just send me over? Anyway, I'm growing older anyway. But you need to do the test to demonstrate that you've learned whatever you need to learn at that level. So there are tests to pass. And as you go through tests, it develops endurance. That means stickability. You say, I will stick with this no matter what. My faith in God is enduring. 
develops endurance. And endurance, the Bible says, produces character. Amen. So it's a kingdom principle that as God allows you to go through life experiences, he builds endurance that results in godly character. And then God releases blessing, increased blessing. Joseph was tried and tested before he became prime minister. Same thing with David. He went through tough experiences before he actually became king. God had prepared the man before he released the blessing. Amen. So I want to challenge us this morning as I get ready to close. Will you decide in your heart that you're going to live by kingdom principles? Rather than take the quick and easy methods and ways of the world, will you, rea- will you say, you know, I am part of an unshakable kingdom. I'm going to live by the principles of that kingdom here on earth in order to be prosperous and successful. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.